my dear friend Kevin Hassett, former chair of the Council of Economic Advisors during the Trump administration. Thank you, Kevin. Oh, it's great to be here, Larry. You, you know, I'm out in the country with two of your favorite people, Daphne and Duchess. <laughs> they're my oh, dogs. no. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> we're, we're at a pond. They're, they're golden retrievers and we're at a pond, and I'm just praying that they don't jump in. <laughs> <laughs> but so, it's great to be here. There's so much to talk about. Yes. Our great pal Larry Lindsay writes, there has never been two consecutive quarters of negative growth that were not ultimately deemed as recessionary. And Kevin, guess what? Larry came on the TV show yesterday. He was terrific. Yeah, he, he doesn't. Yeah, Larry, Larry's an incredible, incredible genius. There's no yeah. one that knows the economy better than him. And and uh, but but factually, it turns out that I really dug into the data on this too. That that he's he's slightly incorrect. Uh, but but basically, what happened was in 1947, there were two negative quarters that were close to zero. In between a recession that was 45, 46, and a recession that started in 48, and for some reason they didn't call those two a recession. But so 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 if you go back to 49, then we're 10 for 10. It's a recession. You have two negative quarters. If you go to 47, there was one time uh, where where there were two negative quarters, but 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 they were like in between two recessions, right? It's, anyway, it's just silly that everybody. I think you know I've actually been thinking about this. Everyone's obsessing over whether the National Bureau of Economic Research is going to call it a recession. I think they should stop doing it, don't you? It's become such a partisan thing. And, yeah. and and everybody on there, every you know, I, I really have high regard for Bob Hall and you know Christy Romer and all mm-hmm. those guys and the other the other people on the panel. But the fact is that the idea that the White House could could protest that we're in a recession and then you know sort of wait for the NBER to sort of confirm that okay this is the first time since the Second World War where we've had you know these two negative quarters that, but it's not we're not going to call it a recession you know if they did that. Then people are going to look at their makeup and say, well, wait a minute. You know, there's like two CEA, you know, Obama CEA people on that panel making this mm. call. And then what What the heck? You know, but the National Bureau of Economic Research is supposed to be like science, right? And, and, and I think that it's become politics because of the recession dating. Yeah. I would stop it. But the best recession dating, by the way, there's a guy named Jim Hamilton. Um, yeah. And he's he's got a, a website called like Econo Browser. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he has a, a really fancy model that reproduces the NBER calls, uh, and, and he's been doing it in real time, and he updated it for the latest GDP release. Uh, but he only always gives you an estimate of the recession from, for the previous quarter. And so he says that the probability of recession for Q1 is 37 percent, given the latest data. And for Q2, it'll, it'll be, you know, 90 percent for when, when he puts that number out. But he needs Q3 data to do it. The bottom line is that Jim Hamilton has reproduced exactly the NBER dates with only GDP data yeah. uh, for every recession since the Second World War. And he updates his thing he, the same day you get the GDP number. So, so that he, we don't need to wait a year for the NBER. Just use Jim Hamilton. And, and, and so 37, there's never been a 37% odds of being in recession uh, in Hamilton's model where you didn't then have a recession. Is he still at UC San Diego? Yes, he sure is. He sure yeah. is. And, 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 you know, we, we uh, as, as you might recall, he was, he's also a conservative. And we were thinking about mm. uh, potentially uh, bringing him in uh, right. to the White House. Right. Uh, yeah, that's right. So, so what happens in, in the rest of the year? You, you look at the numbers. I mean, I see housing slumping, uh, business investment slumping. I mean, housing's really going down fast. Business investment is slumping. And, of course, they're going to slap taxes on business investment if this reconciliation bill goes through. Consumers are slumping. 
Uh, I saw the conference board uh, confidence index, Kevin. That looked really bad to me. So right. w- what happens in uh, the second half of the year? Oh, it's going to get a lot worse, sadly. And, and the, the way I think about it is that the recession that we're in right now uh, is not, was not caused by Fed policy because mm-hmm. the Fed only recently started actually taking the action that you and I have been calling for for more than a year. Uh, and uh, the Fed policy is going to start to kick in in the second half of the year. The reason we have a recession in the first half of the year is that we had so much inflation and wages tend to be sticky so that everybody's real income went down. And if real income goes down, then real GDP has to go down, too. And that was just like the sort of beginning of an inflationary recession. But now the Fed has to stop inflation with interest rate hikes. And they're gonna, we're going to have a recession that's as deep as any we've seen. It's going to be like the financial crisis in 08 or, you know, the Paul Volcker one in the 80s. The hope is that it could be V-shaped. And I think it can be. Uh, relatively V-shaped. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a, a U, but hopefully not a wide U. If Republicans mm-hmm. capture the House, I think that there'll be a sigh of relief that all of these crazy socialist policies aren't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that at that point, we might sort of turn the corner and start to head out of the recession. But it looks like inflation is going to be very sticky. And I think that the Fed is going to have to stay tough and continue to tighten uh, interest rates and their balance sheet and money supply and all that. I mean, what's your read on that? Is, I, Wall Street is suggesting, I mean, I think Wall Street is saying, well, we're going to have a recession and the recession is going to end the inflation problem. Um, I don't think so, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I think that what's going on right now is that inflation is going to start to head down. Uh, but that it's going to stop around, you know, six or seven mm. uh, until the Fed basically induces a deep recession or uh, like a financial panic. And the, and the financial panic thing, you know, our old friend Nouriel Rabini is out there, you know, being a doomsayer again. And usually he does that and you and I ignore him. But at, at this point, he's actually got a point because there are all these developing countries that have to raise money you know, to keep themselves afloat. And and who's going to want to buy, like, Uruguayan debt while the U.S. is raising interest rates so much to get ahead of the curve on inflation, right? And so, like, how much interest is Uruguay going to have to pay to get you to buy their debt? And so, you know, my view is that there's a reasonably high risk that there's, like, a a wave of uh, developing market defaults Mm. in the second half of this year, Mm. and then that causes markets to get very unruly. And then at that point, the, you know, everything starts to sort of fall apart in a way that's really terrible, but that does get inflation under control. But but again, you know, the, the wage price spiral has started. Uh, we, we saw that in the wage data we got this week. And with that, that means that, you, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to get inflation down to the 2 percent level, at least until there's a new president. But you make a key point just to circle back the recession in the first half was not caused by Fed tightening. It was really caused by inflation and, and probably a dose of overregulation too. But the Fed impact is in front of us. That's right. That's right. You know, you know, Alan Greenspan used to say that it's like, you know, steering the Queen Mary, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what monetary policy does. And, uh, you know, if anyone's ever tried to steer one of those ships, I know I have it, but I've driven boats. The, the fact is just that they don't turn on a dime. Mm. And a big one really doesn't turn on a dime. And uh, that's what the Fed's going to be dealing with. Uh, They're going to be dealing with it for a good long time. You know, I I think that that it's really stunning to me that Congress is making it worse by Mm. increasing taxes on supplies. So they're going to push, you know, we just had a – think about it, that that 
total investment counting housing was down about 14% in the latest GDP release, just mm. down 14%. That's a collapse in investment, mm. and they're about to raise taxes on that. You know, it used to be that Democrats, even Democrats, would, would like give you expensing in a recession because they recognize that investment's very responsive to taxes. But the fact that they're doing the opposite now suggests that there's just, you know, some kind of weird, weird psychosis going on in the economic policy makers of the Democratic Party. They're doing everything upside down mm-hmm. and, and things that they like. You know, it, it was every single recession ever. Right. They, they, they we'd get temporary expensing before we got permanent expensing under President Trump. And, and the Democrats knew that expensing was a great thing to do in a recession. And now they're raising taxes. They're doing the opposite. Uh, I really don't know what's going on. You know, I I was with a group of uh, elected officials having breakfast up on Capitol Hill a couple weeks ago, and there were people that were legitimately saying, you know, their policies are so bad, I wonder if they're trying to create like a collapse so that they can, you know, take over the economy again like they did under COVID. Mm. I don't think that. I think that Mm. they're just making stupid policy decisions. But the fact that people are speculating, like, how could they be harming the country so much? You know, know, so obviously, you know, what what are they thinking? That's the point. What are they thinking? I mean, look, I think it's fair to say we used to have, at least during recessions, you don't raise taxes. Conservatives and liberals would agree with that. Now, they're violating a common sense rule of thumb that's staggering to me. But remember that that President Obama and, and even John Kerry before him, everybody ran on repeal the Bush tax cuts, repeal the Bush tax cuts, right? Obama comes in, President Obama comes in, and there's a recession. And what does he do? Uh, they extend the Bush tax cuts mm-hmm. for two years. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yes. They did. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, even though he ran on repealing the Bush tax cuts, he extended them because he was, like, a sensible guy. And he yeah. knew, okay, the best thing to do now is tax cuts. But Kevin anyway, Larry, uh, you're the best. Kevin Hassett, yep. you're the best. Thank you for giving us some time. We really, really appreciate it.